G'day, this is Lisa Testart and this is another episode of Surviving the Legal System with an Archipath, Psychopath in Australia. This is another difficult topic. My ex-husband was, as I found out, a sex addict. And sex was one of his ways of managing his emotions. He used it to manage his rage. At the end, he was, he made it very clear, told me straight up that if I wanted to have a husband who was able to manage the anger and the frustration that he felt towards me, that I needed to be more engaging, that I needed to initiate sex, that I had to tame the wild stallion within him with sex if I wanted to have someone that was biddable. They're his words. When I met him, he would say to me, I'm a bull at a gate. You just tell me to stop and I'll stop. Fucking Jesus Christ, as if that was ever going to happen. If I tried to stop him, well, There was no stopping him. There was no way. He wasn't a bull at a gate. He was a psychopathic cunt intent on doing whatever it was he wanted to do. I remember sitting in the psychiatrist's office with him because we were both patients of the same psychiatrist, as it turned out. And we're having a discussion that's quite heated. And he's telling the psychiatrist, I just want to be able to do whatever I want. I don't give a fuck about the consequences. I don't, that there, there are no risks in my world. I don't care. I want her to get off my back because I want to be able to do whatever I want. And this man, he lived that for 10 fucking years with me. Fucking sex addict. When I met him, God, the love bombing, the love bombing, the jewelry, the flattery, the holidays. It was so intense. I can still see it. I can still feel it. It was like, it was like I'd met my soulmate. It was so intense and so fast. We were married within nine months of meeting. And 
within two months of meeting, he's fucking a client. He's a family law barrister and he's having an affair with a family law client he represented. In two months of meeting, I don't know anything about this because I'm a trusting, naive woman who just, you know, I, I had no reason to to doubt him, I had no he I had no reason to mistrust him. He was a he was a barrister. What did I know? So that continues all the way through. We meet at the end of March. We we're living together by the end of April and I start working for him the first of July. 2009, are these dates, they're tattooed in in my head. On the 3rd of July, 2009, he's kissing me on the cheek on the corner of William and Lonsdale Street in Melbourne, leaving me to walk back to the flat in South Melbourne while he goes off to meet her for dinner, dancing, kissing, and oh, the messages that went between them. And this carried on, circuit after circuit, fucked her at her house, fucked her when her kids were home, tried to fuck her in another solicitor's house and was still involved with her when he proposed to me the end of October 2009. I still didn't know anything about this. So we get married. We get married the 2nd of January 2010. And we have his solicitor friends and barrister friends and a few of my friends and family, but not much. It's mostly his crowd. And they all come, wish us well, we get married. And we have a delayed honeymoon. And we're going to a legal conference. We're going to Italy. Oh, it's so exciting. It's my first beat. It's my first trip overseas since I was a child. I was so excited. We were leaving on the 30th of June and we were going to be away for a month. India, Taiwan, Rome, Naples, Como. The works, it was so beautiful. And on the 22nd of June, 2010, I'm sitting in the children's court watching a trial and he comes to get me, says, I've got something to tell you. And I still have no inkling what's going on. And as we're walking back to Chambers, he says to me, I've got to show you something. Um, 
back in the office. So I get there and I read it and my world drops out from beneath my feet. Here's here's the client that I've been chasing the solicitors for, chasing her fee, chasing her payment. And she says, I'm not paying you. You fucked me. She says it a bit more politely, but you took me to your solicitor friend's. You wanted to take me to your solicitor friend's house and have sex with me, but, you know, she was my ex-husband's solicitor. I wasn't going to go to her house and have sex with you. So you came back to my place. And you did. And that came eight days before our honeymoon. I still feel sick at the way I just packed it away. I spent a lot of time trying to prove her wrong and I couldn't. And I knew, I knew the minute that I opened the Word document with the text messages that they were your words. You'd sent them because you'd said those same things to me in text messages. So I knew, I knew you'd done it. I knew you'd stuck your dick in another woman. It took nearly another two years before I got the brief of evidence that I needed to prove that you'd done it. A brief of evidence so strong that you couldn't weasel your fucking shitty ass out of it. But as we're sitting, as we're sitting on the tarmac at Melbourne at Tullamarine waiting to fly out to Sydney to catch our connecting international flight, you send a police statement that you've drafted with another barrister. You send that statement to the police and then you send it to me. And I I get it when I'm in Sydney. I refer to that as your Bill Clinton police statement because it's a fucking false piece of shit. It's just a fucking story you made up. And you go, nothing to see here. I was out at dinner with the mates, with the boys. We were on circuit. We were having dinner. Everybody will attest. And I went back to my solicitor friend's house and I stayed there the night and then I drove home on the Friday. And you said, I deny having an improper relationship with her and she's lying and she's blackmailing me. I didn't find out the truth of all of that for a long time. You took me to the police station and you convinced me that you were going to be doing a recorded call 
from the police station. You did a lot to convince me that you were telling the truth, even though you knew you were lying. And I knew you were lying, but I was too, I was too timid. I couldn't call you out. You were too convincing. Even when I gave you every opportunity, you still lied. I know why now, but that's for another episode. So here I am talking about you and your travelling dick. Because it wasn't the first time you did it. At least it was the first time with me, but it wasn't the first time you did it with other partners. But what this episode is about, it's about how the legal profession is the only profession in Australia that doesn't prohibit any kind of sexual relationship between a lawyer and their client. That's a fact. You can look it up. I know I did. You can fuck a client, you can be a lawyer or a barrister and fuck a client and there is not a goddamn thing anyone can do about it. Unless the client complains. But don't be the fucking hurt wife who just happens to have all the fucking evidence because then you'll get told by the Legal Services Board that you have no rights to make a complaint unless you're the client because they don't do that kind of stuff. They rely on the client to make a complaint. They rely on the client to file that dirty complaint because they won't take that kind of complaint from just anyone. No, no, no. And even when you've got the police statement, they'll still say, but look, he is denying an improper relationship. Well, fuck me. That must mean that it's okay to have a proper sexual relationship with a vulnerable family law client. Hey, because I can tell you, I'm a counsellor. I'm not allowed to fuck my clients. My doctor's not. My psychiatrist's not. I bet your dentist isn't. And I bet when you go to the fucking chiropractor, they're not allowed to stick their dick in you either without penalty or consequence. But boy, oh boy, lawyers, they've got it good. If the client doesn't complain, Jesus, it's plain sailing. Just make sure they don't make a complaint, you're home and hosed. They should fucking run professional development on this. Jesus, I could teach a thing or two to you guys. How to fuck a client and get away with it. Because that's exactly what happens in the legal profession right here and now. There is no ethical or legal prohibition 
on any Australian lawyer from having sexual relations with their client under any circumstances. If the client doesn't complain, they get away with it. And this is a dirty secret in the legal profession. Because if you think this doesn't happen all the time, you've got it wrong. Clients and solicitors and barristers happens all the time. It's partly why some barristers won't talk to clients so they don't get caught up in situations that might look a bit compromising. Not my ex. Call me at inconvenient times, he'd say. Particularly the women. Always available for the female clients. Or the female solicitors, for that matter. They'd be texting him at midnight. All hours of the day and night. Because they could. Pretty young things. And, you know, charismatic man, well-educated, barrister, you know, throws around a lot of cash here and there. Looks like he has power. Looks like he has a good reputation. In reality, he's just a dirty, stinking, rotten sex addict. Don't believe me? Ask him. He'll probably not tell you, but boy, you'll have fun watching him squirm. I have no hesitation in saying this because it's the truth. And I'm not scared of saying the truth anymore because he, while he never laid a hand on me, he certainly beat that out of me. I got so scared of him, so fucking scared that I had to find my voice. And there's power and agency when you get your voice back. Even if you don't get seen, even if you don't get heard, my voice, you'll keep hearing it because I won't stop saying this until there is change, until the Legal Services Board or the Minister or whoever is responsible makes change happen. It is improper. It is galling. It is so unreal. I don't even have the words to describe how bad it is that the legal profession in its totality is the only profession in Australia that doesn't regulate sex with lawyers. That is, that, that is something that needs to be rectified. So if the right person ever listens to this podcast, I hope that you do something about this. Because it is a dirty secret. It's a dirty, 
secret that everyone knows about. So don't sleep with your client. And if you're a vulnerable family law client, please don't let your barrister or solicitor stick their dick in you because that'll just end up in pain 